at it again. We are. It's time for another episode of Dream Stories. You almost forgot the name of our podcast for a second. Well, I'm in the middle of, we're starting the new mentoring classes, and it's called Dream Sim, and so I almost said it's almost <laughs> the time for another episode of Dream Sim. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you're interested in taking uh, the Dream Stories Mentoring, uh, in Dream Stories Interpretation Mentoring class, the Level One class is available right now. You can go to mydreamsim.com, and there's a registration uh, cool. line. It's the classes start this week, so. I know. I'm, here I am. I'm thinking, why this week? I mean, of all the weeks, we're trying to move. We're trying to help my son get his house sold. But you know what? We thought we were going to be in our house a month ago. We did. We so you were thinking. A little over a month You ago. imagined us being in a nice office, a studio, so you could. I also imagined a month of rest yeah. before the classes started Yeah, back, yeah. So. so it's a little yep. crazy, but we yep. would love for yep. people yep. to join us if they want we to. Would. We would. It's I said fun. us like I'm doing something. No, you're helping this time. You told me you would. So. I'll, I'll pop in once in a while, maybe. So. Well, we've got a special guest today for Dream Stories. We do. So we have gonna, a good friend, don't we? We do. We do. And we're going to be talking today about music and songwriting and oh. worship and all sorts of things. So we are going to have a guest for that. That's exciting. It makes me think of, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm a wannabe partial musician i mean i love singing i love my mother sang when i was younger and was in a band you know so i love that kind of stuff and i love it how our creator god gives us things that we're passionate about in dreams and stuff like that and i have a dream i want to share that i had a long time ago so well, good that sounds awesome well mm-hmm. let's bring on our special guest this week and you'll you can get his input on it too so okay. right so we have got our good friend sean lombard who is used to be a worship leader for us when i pastored the bridge birmingham and has been a part of our work for years. He's really just part of the family, basically, bottom line. He is. is that he's part of the family. So, Sean, it's good to have you on Dream Stories today. Yeah, thank you, Michael, Lisa. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. I don't know why we haven't done this already. You're like one of my kids that you ought to have been on like a long time ago. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> well, this is something that we've really tried to beef up lately, which is getting more people on having guests because we've talked so much about the technical side of how you interpret your dreams and what dreams can mean to now actually putting it into practice and people can hear us do it you know well and COVID-19 said you don't have to bring them into the studio you can get get them on the phone and and do the do the interview so it's cool that's right but Sean's a dreamer you always have been Sean not just a, a, a oh, worship yeah. leader musician. You've always been a dreamer, which I love. So I think you and my wife dream more than any other two people I've ever known on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sean, do you wake up I, every morning saying, I had two dreams last night, or I had five dreams last night? Do you wake up every day with that? No, not every day. I've I, had those. You still got him beat then. <laughs> no, I, yeah, well, I mean, no, I know, I know, I know I dream every night. I just don't, I can't always recall everything I dream, but. Yeah. I well, can just remember dreaming um, as far back as when I was probably six or seven spiritual dreams. That's so cool because so many people can't yeah. remember, don't remember back that far. And so many people's dream life gets shut down 
in their childhood too. So remembering spiritual dreams from that far back is really a cool thing. That could be a yep. topic of its own, actually. So, but it's not what we were going to yeah. talk about today. We're going to talk about we're, today. We're going to talk about uh, the idea of music and worship and uh, um, songwriting and those sorts of things. And initially, I, I called you. And I said, "Hey, have you had dreams about songwriting? Because I know you write a lot of music." Uh, and, and the initial response was no, I, but I had a lot of dreams about music and about people who influenced me and things like that. And I'm thinking, oh, that sounds like a great topic too. But I think you remembered a dream in the meantime uh, about songwriting, right? I did. I did. And um, I did have one specifically about songwriting that was more of probably a teaching dream. I, I won't jump into interpretation. You want me to just share the dream? Sure, just share it, and then we'll talk it through, because I'm sure you know what it means, because uh, this is a dream you've had some time back, right? Yeah, this was several years ago, and I've been involved in worship ministry and music for probably 20 years. Uh, so this goes back, I don't even know how long, probably, I mean, it could have been 15 or 20 years ago, but... Um, I had a dream when I was at a Rich Mullins concert and Rich Mullins had already passed away in the natural. He died tragically in September of 1997. I can't remember when I, I had this dream later. So it could have been 2000 or early 2000, but I was at a concert and he was there and he looked, I don't know. He just, he kind of looked pale. Rich, I went to one of his concerts and he actually normally was very, he was a very tanned person. He was kind of, he would get out in the sun, he would get dark. But in this dream, he was kind of pale looking, almost ghostly. Um, he was at this concert. I was there backstage hanging out with him. I was talking to him. And I could also tell that he wasn't necessarily happy maybe with the concert or happy with the people. Um, he was, he was kind of, as we say in the South, ornery. He was, he was, <laughs> he was not necessarily happy with things, but even still we were hanging out, we were talking and I've had dreams like this over the years where I will talk, I will have a conversation with somebody and it could even be an hour or two. It feels like it in the dream, but then there will be probably only one phrase or one thing that I remember when I wake up. And this has stuck with me for years, and this is the thing that I remember that he told me in the conversation. He said, the secret to good songwriting is being silent before the Lord. And that's cool. what he said. That's and awesome. I woke up. That dream has so many good things to talk about in it, but that's really cool. The most amazing thing is... One of the things I love about dreams like that is we know it's a dream because listeners to dream stories know that we talk about the difference between a dream and a vision being a dream is metaphorical and needs interpretation and a vision is more literal and doesn't need as much, if any, interpretation. But there are times when those two things merge together and we still call it a dream, even though the pieces of it don't really need interpretation. And what I love is that phrase you have this long conversation with him but the one phrase that stands out is the secret it's it's straightforward yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And and you don't need to interpret that. That is for you as a worship leader. Uh, you know, right. I always try to make sure our guests know. Not all of our our uh, listeners are Christians, but we do talk about spiritual things and our faith and the Christian uh, and p- biblical view of dream interpretation. And you as a a Christian faith based musician, worship leader, songwriter, that is a huge issue for you in songwriting. I would think. Oh, yeah. It was a direction, really. It was a directive word to me. Uh, it's a powerful word. I've shared it a few times, and I, sh- I should probably talk about it more with songwriting because I really feel like it came straight from God's heart. Um, it was the Lord revealing something. Mm. It, it, it really, and, and you don't need a lot of interpretation to it. You just simply have that directive in the midst of something that maybe needed more interpretation, which is what's going on. Why was it Rich Mullins? What was, you know, why, why was he sort of frustrated at the concert? What, those are all things you, that maybe do need interpretation. They're metaphorical. But in the middle of that, as a dream, you can come out with things that are very direct. So that's what I love about this as a lesson from dream interpretation, not just for songwriting, is the fact that you've got all of the the metaphor there that makes it a dream, but you also have the literal aspect, the literal side of it that says, here's what you need to take away. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. And I was just thinking about, you know, um, I loved Rich Mullins and I uh, love his music. Michael always has uh, as well. I know that um, it's one of the artists that we were very much listening to heavily um, when we first got married and were having children and we had several opportunities because one of the things that Michael and I have done in our past was we had a, a bookstore and so we were able to go to this um, convention and Rich Mullins happened to be there playing as an artist and we were talking to him we got a chance to meet him afterwards and we're talking to him and um, I don't remember how we got on the subject but he was really sharing how discouraged he was about how concerts were promoted and how he had to be at so many concerts because it's what a record producer required him to do it it was just you kind he was just basically saying it was sad to him that he couldn't just have concerts and be himself and sing whatever he wanted to sing in when, and he whenever. To, he had to charge for people to come. He, yeah. had, he was a little ornery about he, it. He was. And, and <laughs> yeah. he, he actually yeah. even said he didn't like having to sign autographs because we asked him, I think we asked him to, to sign his CD or something. And he was just saying, you know, I really don't like doing that, but I'll do it. And we we're like, well, you don't, you know, if you don't want to do it, we understand. He goes, no, it's not that. He goes, I just see some people just idolize you know, musicians, and that's not good. You know, we were he just poured his heart out to us there. And then we had another opportunity to meet him in an elevator one time at a convention, different, totally different convention, and a different year and everything. And he was, he had a lot of First Nations um, Mm -hmm. from a reservation that were in, in the elevator with him. And he brought them to this convention to kind of say to his producers, he was telling us this on the elevator, look, you can't ignore the people who are um, really struggling in life and, and who have just been suppressed and everything. And he had all these 
Native American guys there where they're, they were all in their tribal, um, you know, attire and everything. And he was just so, he was actually working and doing some, some projects with, um, some tribes. He and was all about compassion ministries to the poor was. and the needy, particularly in the Native oh, American yeah. communities. So. Yeah. So what's interesting to me though, Sean, is that you were seeing him in this dream. You didn't have, you weren't privy to those conversations that we had had with him. You didn't know the frustration that he had sometimes at concerts and his frustration with certain things. And, you know, you were dreaming about it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's really amazing. And, and when you think about it, the metaphor there basically was something he wasn't pleased with, with the concert. There was something about the public performance that caused him to have a, a, um, an attitude or a perspective that said, this is not what it could be or should be. And then when he speaks to you, he gives you that word that's more direct that says songwriting, bringing forth worship, producing this kind of music. It Basically, it contrasts with the metaphor. So it says it's not about what's going to please the public. It's not about what's going to look great. It's not about what everybody wants you to do. It's about the being still and being quiet side, and for worship in particular, of knowing the heart of God. Uh, I, I think too. Yeah. I think too that I love it. I, for some reason, I was on a Winnie the Pooh kick this morning before we started uh, recording, and I think Winnie the Pooh would agree with Rich Mullins. Winnie the Pooh once said, "Doing nothing often leads to the very best of something," and that's basically what he was saying to you. <laughs> be before yeah. the Lord and just be quiet. Yeah. That's what produces mm-hmm. the best. Well, and he, for whatever reason, it was Rich Mullins in his dream, but I have a lot of songwriters that I admire, but certainly in Christian music, he is near the top. He is one of the most prolific that I've seen, and one of the best, just his poetry and writing, his ability to convey imagery and and just convey a, a message. He was quite a songwriter and if people want to look him up if they aren't familiar with Rich Mullins he's been dead and gone for nearly 25 years but his writing really was something and so that's the thing also that gets my attention here is a tremendous songwriter that the Lord is using to give me this word it's not just anybody it's not it's it's a very uh, and a man of great compassion a man that is disenfranchised with the music, because it's a business, it's mm-hmm. a music business, mm-hmm. even in Christian music, he was not happy with it, right. as you've said. And But um, I'm just saying there's weight on the word for me because of uh, certainly his heart, but also his gift. He, his songwriting was incredible. Mm. Well, what I love is people listening today, they may not be, may not be faith-based in their approach to things as Rich Mullins was in his music, but his music was just amazing, period. It didn't have to be faith-based. Yeah. So I think that's really great. I, I, I would encourage folks, if you've never heard Rich Mullins, you probably should look him up and listen to some of his, some of his work. It's pretty amazing. So, and, and I love that about this is the choice of symbolism in a dream. 
your creator God could have just shown up and told you, hey, spend time with me if you want to be a good songwriter. Mm. But instead, he gave you a picture of something that not only the direct word had an impact upon your songwriting, but the characteristics and qualities of who Rich Mullins was represented something that have had impact upon mm-hmm. your songwriting. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's just really a cool, it's really a cool process. So you have both the metaphor speaking to you and the direct word speaking to mm-hmm. you. You know, I, mm-hmm. I was sharing with Michael earlier before we, um, uh, before we got you online that, um, I'd, I reminded him of a dream that I'd had many years ago. Um, and in the dream we were singing, Oh brother, where, where art thou? And we were singing these songs, but Rich Mullen showed up in my dream and there were, and he was holding an instrument that I had, that I've never seen. It's, it's not an instrument that exists, actually. And I knew it was from, like, heaven. And he was running his, it was like, um, if you can imagine an accordion that hangs on the front of your chest but has pipes that come out of it. And he was running his hands up and down the sides of it. And it was making this amazing music. And I was like... I've never seen that before. That's amazing. And and then these angels came and were 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 actually running their hands over it. It was just a beautiful dream. I, I it, it it's one of those dreams that doesn't leave you. I've never really quite understood exactly what it meant, but I know it's something significant for me, not necessarily because I write songs or anything like that because I don't, but um it has something to do with him and the significance that he means to me almost like as a prophetic type um, um, musician. So I love that. So I loved hearing about that, your dream. It's, it's really awesome. And I love it how God will, God will use um, people in, in a dream to symbolize something, even if they've already passed away because of what they mean to us, their importance in, in whatever we do in life. Um, to put emphasis on something. Um, Something I think is cool that you mentioned, and Sean, I'd like your perspective or thoughts on this. In Lisa's dream, the music was coming forth. In in your dream, there's the word to you and the representation of what Rich is, who he was, and and what he meant to to, uh, the genre of music he, he, he influenced. But I, I think something about Elisa's dream also says there's something to this idea of the best music or the most beautiful sounds are those that originate or come from the spirit realm into the natural realm. Uh, in that, and, and I don't know what, I'm, I'm not a songwriter either, but what's been your experience? How has that dream of waiting influenced your songwriting? Is it is it that the best comes out of that spiritual realm or is it labor? How has that dream impacted you? since having it well yeah I'm, i mean your statement is entirely correct and even secular songwriters 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 all over the world know that songwriting is sort of an otherworldly uh thing and it's it's often said that you don't necessarily write a song you catch a song Mm. Um, that's been said, uh, and, and as far as for me with the dream, that directive says, I've just got to be 
it, it was it wasn't even saying the secret is prayer. He says to be silent before the the secret to good songwriting is being silent before the Lord, which is almost a contemplative, um, really uh, approach. It's being silent. It's really. Uh, being a, a place of meditating on the Lord and listening, really putting yourself in a place of listening. Mm. And so song, really good songwriters know that. And even like I said in the secular realm, if you look at songs, and I've studied songwriters over the years, um, I've seen interviews like Paul McCartney. He's talking about catching a song. And it goes back to uh, Hoagie Carmichael, who wrote the song Georgia on my mind and wrote a lot of these old classics. He said the same thing. You catch a song. Um, so there is something going on and the really good songwriters know that they know that there's something really, uh, of the divine nature, if you will. Um, but we have to be in a place where we're listening and that's what was being spoken to me be more intentional in listening yeah you know you mentioned paul mccartney and i'm reminded you know that concept is very real for him because the song yesterday came out of a dream basically the music for it at least the story goes that paul mccartney was asleep woke up went straight to the piano and began playing the music for yesterday and spent months thinking he must have heard it somewhere and was plagiarizing it before he realized it had come out of the dream he had had while he was sleeping. And it was original, but it didn't come from him. It was otherworldly for him. Yeah. Yep. I've heard that story. Mm. So I know that um, there have been times, Sean, I don't know if you've had this experience, but um, there have been times where well, for example, one time Michael and I had gone to um, Mount Chiha, spent the night in one of the little cabins up there on the mountain, and I woke up and I had, I was in my dream, I was singing a worship song, and it was so powerful. It was one that I had written. It was so powerful. I woke up. And in the middle of the night, I could sing it. I was singing it all night long. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is an amazing song, you know. And I knew it had come from, you know, not from me, but from my creator, you know. But then when I woke up in the morning, the song was gone. But I knew in the middle of the night that it was something very powerful. Now, I wish I could have remembered it and I could have put it to paper. But um, have you ever had anything like that? Have you ever dreamed that you've written a song? Or were you able to retain lyrics from something like that? I have not. Um, It's not to say that maybe one day I will. I've had a few times that was similar to what you had, where I was singing a song in a dream. And... I knew it was something new. I knew it was it was good. It was uplifting. It was, it was anointed. But I would wake up and not necessarily remember it. That must be one of those uh, hidden things sometimes that you know. Yeah, yeah. I've I've had that same thing happen, and I've I've not yet had the thing with like Paul McCartney where you wake up with a melody and you start playing it. I hope one day that I will. <laughs> um, but yeah, we well, you know that you. If, it would be amazing. Well, you know, and we don't have to have that. 
that experience for it still to have influence. The the dream you had has had influence on all your songwriting, even though maybe you haven't gotten words to a song from a dream. But there are other things. I just happened to, I Googled, I have to admit, I Googled to figure it out, but I just happened to have found, and I don't know if you know this, that one of your favorite, one of the people who's influenced you, I think, in got some of their songs from dreams, not from getting the words or the lyrics or the music, but from dreams that inspired them to then go and sit down and write something. And so I found out something just now I didn't know about Johnny Cash. You yeah. ever heard about Johnny yeah. Cash and dreams with his music? It's been several things about dreams with his music. I, yeah, I just Perfect. I was googling and it says Johnny Cash had a dream that he met Queen Elizabeth who told him he was like a thorn yep. bush caught in a whirlwind, and he read that mm-hmm. something similar in the Book of Revelation later, and that inspired him to write. So it wasn't that he got words to a song. I don't, you know, I think that's the thing we think an invention type dream, which is what a getting lyrics would be, have to be getting the detailed plan, but your song. I mean, your songwriting could be said to be inspired or come out of dreams just as much as the song where the lyrics or the music comes out because it gave you inspiration of how to get the lyrics, just like Johnny Cash gets inspiration for lyrics he then sat down and wrote from a dream experience, would you say? That's a cool song. um, I think that song, The Man Comes Around. That's it, yes. but you can look that up. He had another dream. The song that was the huge hit for him, uh, Ring of Fire, uh, it had been recorded. I think Jim Carter wrote it, and they had recorded it. And he was going to go in to record it, and he had a dream before they went to record it, and he heard Spanish trumpets on the recording. That's right. And so they went in, and he said, well, let's add. And they had none of his songs have horns, mm-hmm. but that song... And that kind of makes the song. If you go back and listen You're to right. that song, it's, You're right. it's those horns that really. So the Lord was showing him something um, that would really make the song. Because in songwriting and especially in recording, um, sometimes you can have great a great lyric, even a great melody, but it will be an instrumental. Um, it will be an instrumental what we call a, a lick or a, or a run. Uh, but it'll be something, you know, like the you see it in the Rolling Stones music, there's an instrumental line that really is the hook for the song. And that's what was going on with uh, Ring of Fire. And I can talk about music all day. <laughs> no, but that's cool. That, But see, that's the very thing. that that That's what I love about it. A dream can have an influence on those things. It Your, your dream that said, be quiet, be silent, is the key to good mm-hmm. songwriting. I mean, I take it from what I know of you, and but I guess we haven't said this directly. That's kind of how you write now, isn't it? It really has been for years. Mm-hmm. I've got to just find a quiet place. I've got to just get along with God and, and just a place to listen. And I try to always be listening. And then uh, I. what's interesting is for me personally with songwriting, and I'm nowhere near as prolific as a Rich Mullins or a Johnny Cash. Those guys are both A-list songwriters. But... 
um, I try to have those moments where I'm quiet and, and just seeking God. And I might hear, for me, in the, the, the nuts and bolts of songwriting, is your, for me, I'll hear a line. I might hear a phrase. And I might build the song from that phrase. Uh, but um, the crazy thing is I can have those times of silence, but then I might actually hear the phrase at some other point in my life. I might hear the phrase when I'm in a church service. I might hear the phrase when I'm in the grocery store. And things really aren't quiet. Mm. Yeah. But I've given myself to quiet in other times so that I can allow myself to be in a place that, uh, you know, I'm, going some things out there, but just a place to respond and listen always in my life that I might actually hear. Songwriters will know what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, and your music has been in, influenced by a dream as much as uh, the uh, John Lennon's music was in getting uh, uh, the music itself or others have been in getting the lyrics or the inspiration with Johnny Cash and getting the, the theme or thought of a dream. The, the words of Rich Mullins there in your dream have influenced your music just as much. That's what's so amazing about the way dreams work. I, I love it. Listen, yeah. we're almost out yeah. of time and I don't want to close out without giving people a chance to hear your music. So can you oh give goodness. us a place? Can they go? Is you got a website or somewhere they can go and download your music or purchase uh, your albums? Because I know you have several albums. Uh, to get Put a plug in for where to find your music. Sure. Thank you. It's um, My website is my name, seanlombard.com. Uh, there's a lot of ways to spell that, and that confuses people, but S-H-A-W-N. L-O-M-B-A-R-D dot com. It's also on all of the platforms and all the streaming. They can look it up on Apple Music, Amazon, Spotify, uh, and just stream it or buy it. If they, if they, if they want an old-fashioned CD, we'll put them one in the mail. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, but it's, on, it's out there. Well, thank you for being with us, Sean, and we love your music. So, it's Thank been, you. It's thank been you, a blast. Lisa. Yeah, it's been a blast having you. I, I, I hate it. We've run out of time. We may have to do this again because we didn't even get into the dreams about people who influenced Sean and the some of his influences. And, and uh, see, see, this was all kind of fresh for us, just listening yeah. to hearing these things. It's just so cool to experience. But our time is up this time. Maybe we'll grab Sean again yeah. and come back for a part two or another oh, episode in the future. Good. That so, could be good. Yeah. Well, that's it for today. Until next time, as usual, keep dreaming.